Hamas fires hundreds of rockets into Israel while the squad rushes to defend them. President Biden inherits Middle East peace and instead foments Middle East war. And the 1970s gas lines are back, baby. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech track what you do. Anonymize your web browsing at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, I'll get to all the news in just one moment. Quick, a reminder, let me just tell you, inflation, it's coming, it is happening. The reality is that when you pump insane amounts of money into the American economy without any necessity to do so, you drive up prices and you drive down the value of the American dollar. That's exactly what's happening right now. Well, what has historically been the best hedge against inflation? You guessed it, precious metals, which is why you should be looking to my friends over at Birch Gold. If your investments are tied to dollars, you are sitting on a ticking time bomb at this point. Do what I do. Invest a portion of your savings into gold and silver. Birch Gold Group, those are the people I purchased from. They're who you can trust to convert an IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by gold and silver. That is correct. Through a little known tax loophole, you can convert your retirement savings that are tied to the stock market into an IRA backed by precious metals. It is your hedge against inflation and uncertainty in the markets. Text Ben to 474747 for your free information kit on precious metals IRAs or to speak with a Birch Gold representative today with 10,000 customers and A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Countless five-star reviews. Birch Gold can help you as well. Text Ben to 474747. Invest in gold before it is too late. Again, text Ben to 474747 to get started. Alrighty. Well, we begin today with this insane barrage of rockets being shot into Israel by the terrorist group Hamas, which is in control of the Gaza Strip ever since Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip in 2006, because every Israeli concession historically has been met with more Palestinian aggression. Well, now you have 400 rockets that have struck southern Israel since yesterday. All of this predicated on the lie that Israel was stopping worship on the Temple Mount, a lie, also predicated on the notion that Israel was seizing territory in Sheikh Jarrah, which is sovereign Israeli territory, number one. And number two, was the subject of a 50-year lawsuit over four houses. That's what this whole thing is supposedly about. That's not what any of this is really about. I'll explain in just one moment. First, the Jerusalem Post reports a man was killed in Ashkelon on Tuesday morning. Zaka reported, Zaka is the emergency services in Israel, as barrages of rockets on Tuesday afternoon after the IDF struck a number of terrorist targets and killed multiple Gaza terrorists. So far, over eight buildings in Ashdod and Ashkelon have been hit by rockets, according to Israel police. One of the buildings hit was a school because Hamas doesn't care where they are firing. When, when you see the media treat this as a quote-unquote cycle of violence, understand that Israel uses or attempts to use as much accuracy as possible in targeting terrorists in the Gaza Strip or in Judea and Samaria. They do so despite the fact that these terrorists deliberately hide themselves among civilians. For years, everybody has known that Hamas's base is underneath a hospital. This is nothing new. Hamas always shields itself with civilians, hoping that if Israel is to get at them, they'll have to kill civilians in the process and then be blamed by the international community for doing so. By contrast, Israel does not do that with its own military. And Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Palestinian Authority, they just fire rockets and, and send terrorists into civilian centers. They do not give a damn about killing civilians. So they've been shooting these rockets almost randomly into, Isra into Israeli cities ranging from Jerusalem. I had a friend in Jerusalem last night who was telling me what, it's, what it felt like to hear the, the sirens go off and then a rocket hit, hit fairly close to populated areas in Jerusalem. Ashkelon is a city that is located not all that far from the Gaza Strip, but Israel's a tiny country. So basically, most of southern Israel, a lot of central Israel, has been put under warning of rocket attack. Tel Aviv has been put under warning of rocket attack. People have been told that they should have access to a bomb shelter. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been relegated to living underground for the moment. This happens every couple of years, thanks to the gentle mercies of Hamas and the Palestinian Authority and Islamic Jihad, supposedly the peace partners in this garbage, non-existent peace deal. So far, over eight buildings in Ashdod and Ashkelon have been hit by rockets, according to Israeli police. 
One of the buildings hit was a school. An 80-year-old woman was seriously injured in the rocket strikes. A number of other people were lightly injured. The IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, have approved the call-up of 5,000 reservists on Tuesday. The IDF prepared for a large-scale offensive in the Gaza Strip as rocket attacks against southern Israel continued. Again, Israel has total air superiority in the Gaza Strip. The reason they send in troops on the ground is specifically so that they don't kill civilians. Theoretically, they could bomb from the air the way that Bill Clinton did in Yugoslavia. But they don't do that. And they don't do that because they want to avoid civilian casualties. The IDF Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Aviv Kohavi also ordered the reinforcement of the Gaza Division with infantry and armored brigades, along with the continued redeployment of intelligence and air units. Kohavi ordered the continued striking of Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad weapons and storage sites, as well as expanding of the strikes to other targets, including operatives of the terror group. The IDF struck over 130 targets throughout Gaza overnight on Monday as southern Israel was bombarded by over 400 rockets since Monday afternoon, injuring close to 50 Israelis. On Tuesday at about noon, Palestinians said that the IDF struck an apartment in an eight-story building in Gaza's Rimal neighborhood, killing two senior Palestinian Islamic Jihad commanders and fatally wounding the brother of Baha Abu Alata, who was killed in a targeted IDF operation in 2019. By the way, notice how the Palestinian terrorists are hiding in apartment buildings. Again, as stated. Shortly afterward, a number of barrages of rockets were fired toward Ashdod and Ashkelon, with three residential buildings hit directly by rockets, leading to light injuries. Hamas took responsibility, stating the Al-Qassam brigades directed the largest missile strikes so far on the occupied cities of Ashdod and Ashkelon in response to the enemy's continued targeting of houses and resistance men, and the next is greater, God willing. Notice, Ashdod, Ashkelon, these are not cities that were historically Arab cities. Okay, these are cities, particularly Ashkelon. That is, these are cities that are along the coast of Israel. Okay, and these are cities that were under Israeli control before 1967. Okay, so the, the, the notion that, that this is all about the 1967 borders is just a lie. Okay, so the, the, the rocket barrages continue to this hour. Israel is retaliating by attempting to specifically target terrorists. Now, why did all of this happen? I mean, Tel Aviv has opened its bomb shelters, of course. Why exactly is all of this happening right now? Now, there are people who will lie, and they will tell you that this is all about a legal dispute over those four houses in Sheikh Jarrah, also known as Shimon HaTzadik. Okay, Shimon HaTzadik was Jewish territory. Okay, in, in the 1870s, there were Jews who literally bought that land, like, for money. They bought that land. They built a Jewish city. In 1948, when Israel was put under assault by a series of Arab nations during the Israeli War of Independence, Sheikh Jarrah, or Shimon HaTzadik, as that was, is then called, it was captured by the Arabs. Jordan captured it. All the Jews were forced to flee because all these Arab countries are essentially Judenrein. There, no there are no Jews who live in Jordan. There are no Jews who live in Hamasistan. There are no Jews who live in the Palestinian Authority. 18% of Israel's population is Arab. A major Arab party right now could decide who the next prime minister is. So when people talk about apartheid states, understand that there's one side of this conflict in which literally zero Jews live. And there's another side of this conflict in which 20% of the population is Arab. And Arabs sit on the Supreme Court and Arabs have high positions in that society. And in any case, Sheikh Jarrah, was captured by the Jordanians. Okay, at that, in 1967, Israel won Jerusalem back. And then there was a legal case filed by people who had owned legal title to these houses in Sheikh Jarrah. Okay, the, the, these lawsuits lasted for basically 50 years. And the people who were living in these houses understood they didn't have legal title to the houses. They'd been squatting since Jordan took over the houses. And then when Israel won the houses back, they said, okay, well, you have to return those houses now. And the folks just didn't move out and they didn't pay rent. And so finally, after 50 years of these houses being passed down in terms of legal title and, and squatters' kids and their kids' kids living in these houses, the, the courts found that you have to pay rent or you're going to be evicted, just like everywhere else on earth where if you don't pay rent, you are evicted. So there were these small-scale evictions that were going to take place, about 300 people who were going to be evicted. 
Doesn't mean they were evicted from Israel. Doesn't mean they were even evicted from Sheikh Jarrah. It means they were evicted from houses in which they were supposed to pay rent because the developers wanted to knock over these houses and build an apartment building. Okay, this is what supposedly led to this conflagration. If you believe that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn to tell you. This has nothing to do with a legal dispute between private parties under Israeli law. Okay, that is not what this is about. This is about the Palestinian Authority attempting to avoid responsibility for canceling another election. This is about the Biden administration making overtures to terrorists in the Middle East. This is about Hamas attempting to outcompete the Palestinian Authority in terms of how much we can show we hate the Jews. And this is about a Western media that is always willing to go along with just a little bit of Jew hatred so long as we are talking about Israel. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let us talk about the fact that if you want to feel safe and secure in your own home, one of the ways to do that, make sure that your home is covered by Ring devices. When we moved to Florida, first thing my wife said, get the Ring devices on the home, not just because we want to know about people who are visiting the house, but also because I have three young kids and I want to make sure I can keep an eye on them. Sometimes my little one gets away from me and I'm like, I don't know where she went. She can move now. And I check the Ring devices. I know exactly where she is. Makes me feel a lot safer. Makes her a lot safer. Go check out Ring right now. With Ring, you can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are right from your phone. Ring has hassle-free, easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams, so you'll never miss a visitor. You can keep those packages and deliveries safe. With motion detection, you'll get notified even if they don't ring the doorbell. If someone stops by or something is going on, Ring will let you know, which is super awesome. There's a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com forward slash Ben. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. Don't wait. Get a special offer on that Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash Ben. It comes with that Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It's the perfect way to start your Ring experience. Go to ring.com slash Ben. That is ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so first excuse that is being used for this violence is the Sheikh Jarrah issue. Second excuse that's being used is Israel put up some gates a few weeks ago with regard to Ramadan to prevent people from congregating on the steps and causing chaos. So people decided, okay, we're going to fuss and we're going to riot. So Israel removed those gates. And the rioting continued because this is not about that. Okay, I've been up to the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is a completely Islamic waqf-dominated area. Okay, Jews have basically very little ability to be up there. Arabs have complete ability to be up there. Al-Aqsa Mosque is open all the time. There is a Palestinian school that has been built in the corner of the Temple Mount. Remember, this is the holiest site in Judaism, right? It's the third holiest site in Islam, supposedly. It is the holiest site in Judaism, bar none, no question. I mean, I literally have a giant picture in my home of the Temple Mount in my home because I'm a religious Jew and this is the holiest site in Judaism, right? This is where the Temple once stood. So I know the area very well. Okay, the, the Temple Mount is used for soccer games by Palestinian children. The Temple Mount is used for communal activity on a, on a regular basis. Okay, and Israel allows all of this because Israel put the place under the control of the Islamic Waqf. Okay, having been up there, if you are a Jew and you start to mumble prayers, they will remove you out of deference to the Islamic Waqf. If you go, seriously, it is, you want to know about actual apartheid? Jews are not allowed to pray on the Temple Mount. Muslims can do whatever they want on the Temple Mount. They can fly kites up there. They can play soccer. They do, the, they do all this, by the way. They can destroy antiquities up there, which they've also done. But if Jews go up there and you mumble a prayer, the Islamic waqf will charge at you and start shouting at you, this actually happened to us. And then you will be removed by the Mishtara, by Israeli security, while people shout at you, Allahu Akbar. Again, been there personally when it happened. So the notion that the Temple Mount is somehow being cracked down upon, that the Israelis don't want the Palestinians to pray up there is just a lie. It is not true at all. Okay, what was actually happening is that the Israelis knew that the Temple Mount was going to be used as a staging point for attacks on Israelis, because it turns out one thing that typically you don't get in many communities, including Muslim communities, is the use of your holy sites as staging areas for, you know, terrorist attacks. But that's not true with regard to Al-Aqsa in this particular case. We know, and the Israelis knew, that these were going to be used as staging points to create 
a conflagration. The reason for the conflagration is really twofold. One is that the Biden administration made very clear upon entering office that they were going to retilt the playing field toward the Palestinians. So the Trump administration decided in the aftermath of Obama's radically anti-Israel administration, an administration so anti-Israel that on the way out, they allowed a UN resolution to pass that suggested that the Temple Mount was not even Jewish territory and had no historic connection to the Jews. I mean, it's unreal how anti-Israel and borderline anti-Semitic the Obama administration was. In the aftermath of that, Trump came into office and Trump then said, well, no, Israel is our ally and we are not going to make concessions to Palestinian terrorists and we're going to cut off funding to Palestinian terrorists, which is to say Hamas and the Palestinian Authority and Islamic Jihad, all terrorist groups. And you know what happened? Violence went down. Violence went down under Trump. For all the talk about how Trump was going to cause conflagrations, nothing like this happened under Trump. Trump moved the American embassy to Jerusalem and there was talk that the entire Middle East was going to go up in flames. Didn't happen. There was talk that peace would never be made. Instead, the Abraham Accords sprung up between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain and, and Yemen and a, bu- and a bunch of other countries. Okay, and, and all of these countries started making Morocco, they started making peace deals with Israel specifically because they had an outside relationship with Israel that had nothing to do with the constant militancy of Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and the PA. So the Trump administration approach to this was basically, we're not going to pretend that we have to play even-handed broker between terrorist groups and a historic American ally. We're just going to say we're on the side of the American ally. And if these terrorist groups wish to act with any level of responsibility, if they wish to make peace, they absolutely can. They didn't, so nothing happened. And there was no violence. There's very little violence during the Trump administration. The minute Joe Biden comes in, he immediately starts negotiating with the Iranian government, which we'll get to in a second. Not only does he do that, he restores American aid, hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars to Palestinian terrorist groups. Flashback to April 8th. Remember, it is only the beginning of May. Flashback to April 8th. This is the Jewish Virtual Library reporting. Fulfilling a campaign promise to restore aid to the Palestinians cut off by President Trump, President Biden announced plans to provide the Palestinians with $290 million in assistance. The State Department insisted the allocation was consistent with U.S. law, though some members of Congress said it violated the Taylor Force Act, which prohibits U.S. assistance to the Palestinian Authority until it ends pay-to-slay policy of providing stipends to terrorists. This is what the Palestinian Authority does, by the way. They literally pay the families of terrorists. And you get to fund that now, thanks to Joe Biden. At the end of March 2021, the administration announced it was providing $15 million in COVID assistance and another $75 million in assistance for infrastructure, health, and civil society groups. Here's the thing about the Palestinian Authority and Hamasistan. Money is fungible. If you give them money for one thing, they don't use it for that thing. They then use it for all the other things. At the beginning of April, the administration informed lawmakers who would give the Palestinians $40 million for law enforcement and security, which means arming Fatah. Fatah is the armed military wing of the PA. It's also a terrorist group. And another $10 million for peace building initiatives through the U.S. Agency for International Development. They also said they would restore funding to the UNRWA, which is basically just a a group under the UN auspices that funds Palestinian terrorist groups. That's all they do. And Palestinian education toward terrorism. The department said it was contributing $150 million to the UNRWA and said the United States needs to be at the table to ensure that the reforms advance efficiencies and are are in accord with our interests and values. Okay, now the reality is, of course, Israel's position is that the UNRWA perpetuates the conflict and does not contribute to its resolution. So, Joe Biden comes in, he immediately restores aid to the Palestinians. Now, normally, this would mean that peace breaks out, right? According to the theory? Yeah, that's not what happened. Instead, here's what happened. Mahmoud Abbas, who is in the 17th year of a four-year term, 
They last held elections in the Palestinian Authority in 2004. They haven't held any elections since then because Abbas is afraid that Hamas is going to win. Hamas, of course, is an even bigger terrorist group than PA and Fatah, all of whom are terrorist groups. Okay, so there are no, there are no good guys when it comes to PA, Fatah, Islamic Jihad, Hamas. None of these people are people you'd want running a country. They are all terror funders and or actual terrorist groups. Okay, so Mahmoud Abbas had an election scheduled for this year. He canceled it. Okay, he canceled it like a week before the violence broke out. This is all a giant distraction because here is the rule when it comes to the Arab world and when it comes particularly right now, not to the Arab world, but to the Palestinians. When it comes to the Palestinians, every failure of governance is blamed on the Israelis. And if you are in serious, dire political trouble, you immediately launch a series of escalatory violent actions against Israel. That's what you do. Yasser Arafat used to do this all the time. When he was in trouble, when there were corruption allegations, when he was on the brink of maybe having to sign a peace deal, Yasser Arafat would immediately launch violence. He's done this over and over and over again. This is why I say every time Israel makes concessions, which would create some sort of pressure on the Palestinians to come to the table, precisely the opposite happens. When Israel unilaterally pulled out of the Gaza Strip, the first thing Hamas did was rush in, burn all of the areas that Israel had handed over, these beautiful greenhouses, all of the homes. They just burned them to the ground, and then they started, fire, they started firing rockets at Israel. Okay, so the Biden administration has fomented that by handing money to exactly these people, which is just a, a wonderful, wonderful idea. And then Hamas was going to win this election, so Mahmoud Abbas canceled the election. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact, and that is if you've got a medical issue, you really should just go get it dealt with. And the way to get those issues dealt with, especially if they require a little bit of discretion, do it online with Roman. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Ben. Complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and get it taken care of. Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben right now. You'll get 15 bucks off your very first month. It's really time to take care of your ED. And remember, get started today. You'll save 15 bucks on your first order of ED treatment. Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben right now. Again, to get 15 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. This is a problem that has a solution. There's no reason for you to wait around and hope that it just goes away. Instead, go get it solved right now. GetRoman.com slash Ben. Get 15 bucks off your very first month. Okay, so the Palestinians canceled their elections in late April. This is the Washington Post reporting April 29th. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas said Thursday he will indefinitely postpone the first Palestinian elections in almost a generation. These are the people we're giving aid to, by the way, amid a dispute with Israel over voting in East Jerusalem and sagging poll numbers for Abbas's own ruling faction. And that's really what happened here. The fast approaching election with separate votes for parliament and president starting next month would have given Palestinians their first chance to elect their leaders since 2006. That year's election shocked the region when the militant group Hamas was elected to govern the Gaza Strip, leading to a blockade by Israel and an enduring schism in, American, in, in Palestinian politics. Abbas, 85, has been in power for 16 years. 16 years. Speaking before a meeting of Palestinian leaders in the West Bank and Gaza, Abbas laid the blame squarely on Israel. Yeah, there it is. Suggesting that Israel is blocking Palestinian residents from being able to vote. Israeli officials said, nope. No, that is not right. Jerusalem Deputy Mayor Flur Hassan Nahum said, I think this is a handy excuse from what my Palestinian friends tell me, but that's the whole region, right? The handy excuse is always Israel. So they need, Palestinian Authority needed a distraction from the fact that a week ago it canceled elections. So they decided, okay, we're going to ramp up the violence. They started putting out propaganda about how it was time to attack 
Jews. They started posting videos of Palestinians beating up Jews, for example. There was this TikTok, they're calling it the TikTok Intifada, in which Palestinian teenagers were going around in Jerusalem finding Jews and beating the living hell out of them. You can see some of these videos. Here's Fatah posting a video of Palestinians beating up Jews. They're saying there's an uprising in Intifada in Jerusalem. Gaza also had a position and a word on the matter. The uprising over sovereignty over the capital has turned into a fire spreading from alley to alley. And from refugee camp to refugee camp. Okay, you can see Israeli soldiers being beaten up. Calls sounded and they were stronger than the whistling of the occupation's bullets. Okay, this is all from Palestinian TV, right? This is Fatah pushing this stuff. With the glorious music, right? You're not going to see this on Israeli TV, right? On Israeli TV, you don't have anybody who's encouraging violence. On Palestine, this is Palestinian official TV. This is the Fatah ruling authority television station. Meanwhile, in the Gaza Strip, a senior Hamas member is preaching on their television station about how it's time to buy some knives and chop off the head of any Jew you can find. People of Jerusalem, we want you to cut off the heads of the Jews with knives. This is Al-Aqsa TV, May 7th. With your hand, cut their artery. A knife costs five shekel. Buy a knife, put it here, and just cut off their heads. It costs just five shekels. With those five shekels, you'll humiliate the Jewish state. Right, literally just go around killing Jews. Don't worry, guys, there's moral equivalence here. And the West has decided there's moral equivalence here. As far as the Temple Mount, Hamas and the PA used it as a military launching site. We have pictures of them barricading the Temple Mount. They are bringing giant rocks into the Temple Mount. They brought fireworks into the Temple Mount. They defaced the Temple Mount and disgraced their own mosque by doing this. You can see them setting up these pipes as a, as a sort of barricade to prevent the, the Israeli police from coming in and stopping all of this nonsense. The rioters were throwing rocks at cops. Right, you can see them doing this. Here they are. This is on the Temple Mount. Remember, this is supposed to be a holy site, and they're using it literally as a rioting site in order to attack Jews. Okay, yesterday, there was video going around of a, of a tree that was on fire on the Temple Mount. Ain't no Jews up there. Okay, they've been barred. It is only Palestinians and, and Arabs who are up there right now. Setting they set a fire to a tree. There's a video of Jews down by the Western Wall who are dancing for Jerusalem Day. And then the Palestinians take that video and they say the Jews are dancing over the burning of the tree. It's ridiculous. Okay, it is all propagandistic bull nonsense. It's just nonsense. Okay, so how do Democrats respond? Okay, so here's how the Democrats have responded. The Biden administration put out a statement. They condemned the rocket attacks and they called for de-escalation because this is always the way. Instead of doing what the Trump administration did and did exactly right and say Israel has a right to defend itself, period. Instead of saying Israel has a right to control Israeli sites and prevent rioting and prevent disorder and prevent people from attempting to murder other people. Instead of saying that, they suggested that Israel has to calm the region. It's, it's always de-escalation, de-escalation. Who's escalating here? There's only one group of people who decided to go up on the Temple Mount, which again is open daily all the time to Arabs. There's only one group of people who decided to barricade it and fling rocks at the cops. There's only one group of people who decided to fire rockets randomly into major Israeli cities. Okay, and the Biden administration puts out this mealy mouth statement. The UN has now suggested, oh, you know, it's kind of bad that they're firing rockets, but then they're always calling for calm. Oh, we need calm. You know how you establish calm? The way that you establish calm is by not firing rockets into civilian areas. And then you have the actual open anti-Semites of the squad. You have Ilhan Omar, who is just a Jew hater, par excellence. I mean, she just doesn't like the Jews. She tweeted out, Israeli airstrikes killing civilians in Gaza is an act of terrorism. Israeli airstrikes are targeted at Islamic Jihad and Hamas members. And what would you call it when you have 
rockets being randomly fired into Israeli cities for no reason other than peak. Palestinians deserve protection, says Ilhan Omar. Unlike Israel, missile defense programs such as Iron Dome don't exist to protect Palestinian civilians. It's true. The Palestinians have their own Iron Dome. It's called don't fire rockets at Israel. Israel does not randomly fire rockets into major Gaza centers of population. It's just a lie. Every Israeli military response has been just that, a military response. It is unconscionable to not condemn these attacks on the week of Eid because it's of the, the end of Ramadan, the holy week of Eid. You know what's irresponsible, Ilhan Omar? Not condemning people on the Temple Mount to facing the Temple Mount for purposes of terrorism. Okay, and then she tweeted out a video in which the Red Crescent was, this is a propaganda video. It says uh, 163 Palestinians have been injured, 23 hospitalized as Israelis fire sound bombs and tear gas inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound. Now, weird, because um, the Israelis have technically control over the entire compound. So why isn't this every day? If they just wanted to clear it out, why not every day? And the answer is because a bunch of people showed up with fireworks and rocks and started trying to murder Israeli soldiers. That's why. So Ilhan Omar, again, Jew hater par excellence, she tweeted out, this is happening as Muslims pray Tarawih and Tahajud in Palestine. Families who pray all night during Ramadan, the mosque is like home. Palestinians deserve to find refuge in a mosque and peace in Ramadan. Where is the media coverage? Speak up against Israeli occupation terror. Okay, now again, I showed you the pictures. I showed you the videos. They literally brought stockpiles of stones to throw at Israeli soldiers into the mosque. Who defaced the mosque? Who did it? Might it be the terrorist groups who were flying literally the Hamas flag from the top of the Al-Aqsa Mosque? Okay, to, to come up with an equivalent, you would have to suggest that the equivalent here is, let's say that there's a, um, a mosque in the, in the center of Washington, D.C., directly across from the White House, and people at the mosque just decided to bring Al-Qaeda flags and fly them on top of the mosque. Hamas is a terrorist group that stands openly for the extermination of Israel and the destruction of every Jew in the region. They flew that flag on Israeli territory inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque while gathering rocks to throw at Israeli soldiers. And Ilhan Omar's like, look at those terrible Israelis. Look at those terrible Jews. Then you have Rashida Tlaib, who also hates the Jews. She tweeted out yesterday about, it's so terrible. I mean, the, what's happening at the Al-Aqsa Mosque is just terrible. Imagine if somebody did this to the Temple Mount. They are doing it to the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is the holiest site in Judaism. It is currently being used as a staging point, a rallying point for terrorism. Here's Rashida Tlaib, who again, doesn't like those Jews very much, on MSNBC condemning Israel. This is an apartheid system. I mean, I mean, Israel's own prominent human rights organization, Beth Salam, has declared it. Human Rights Watch has declared it. There is no form of except the resistance to state violence, except the denial of, except for the denial of, you know, people's human dignity. And we need to stop. We need to stop and look at the fact that our own country is enabling it with billions of dollars every year being issued to Israel, even though they are promoting racism and dehumanization. Promoting racism and dehumanization? The Arab party in Israel is about to determine who the prime minister is. How many? They've taken polls, by the way, of Israeli Arabs. How many of them would like to live in nascent Palestine? The answer, pretty much zero, none. Okay, the reality is the Palestinian Authority runs the Palestinian areas. The Gaza Strip is run by Hamas, a terrorist group. The only apartheid state in the region is the state that actively will not allow Jews to live there and will murder a Jew if you accidentally drive into the area. Okay, there, there are literally signs on Israeli highways that have on the sign two arrows, one that is green, stay on the highway, and one that is red. And it will say in Hebrew on the signs, the Israeli government cannot protect you if you go into these areas, you, go so, you do so at risk to your life. You know what happens if a Palestinian accidentally wanders into Israel? They get a cup of coffee and they go back home. 
That's what happens if they accidentally get in, if they take the wrong turn off the highway. There are checkpoints specifically because there are people who keep entering and attempting to commit acts of terrorism. If that stops, so do the checkpoints. Members of the Israeli government are attempting to foster economic ties with the Palestinian areas. But it's, it's very difficult when you have the Palestinian Authority that is actively fomenting terrorism. All of this is part and parcel of a broader Biden administration strategy. Again, you have the squad, which is just openly far left anti-Semitic. So some of them are just open anti-Semites like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Then you have just ignoram- ignoramuses and morons like AOC. Again, IQ barely reaching into triple digits, perhaps. She tweets out, we stand in solidarity with the Palestinian residents of Sheikh Jarrah in East Jerusalem. Israeli forces are forcing families from their homes during Ramadan and inflicting violence. It's inhumane. The US must show leadership in safeguarding the human rights of Palestinians. Again, this is a private legal dispute. And this is what she chooses to tweet while people are engaging in actual acts of rioting and violence and massive rocket attacks. Just genius stuff there from the squad. Again, this is because the far left has decided that they do not like Israel. And the reason they do not like Israel is for the same reason that, frankly, they don't like America very much. And that is, in their view, all of the world is a zero-sum game. If there is any group that is successful and any group that is unsuccessful, it must be that the successful group did something bad to the unsuccessful group. So if you can create a coalition of the dispossessed, they can all get together and march together to tear down the systems. That is the reason why you will see Black Lives Matter having statements about Palestine in their in their bizarre little manifesto. You're like, what does this have to do with anything? The answer is that it's all about creating this coalition of the supposedly dispossessed to wreck the system. That's really why the left sides with all of this nonsense. And meanwhile, the Biden administration has its own plans with regard to Middle Eastern politics. And that has to do with a broad rejiggering of how they hope Middle Eastern politics goes. And it's really done along Obama lines. And what this really means is that one of the fomenting factors here is not just that the Biden administration decided to re-sign checks to Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, they also decided that they were going to make nice with Iran, which is the great terror sponsor in the Middle East, because what they would like to see is Iran become a regional power, supposedly so the United States could like back off. So they think, okay, we'll create a balance of power between Israel and Iran, which is unbelievable. We're actually fostering a terror state in extremis. We are, they're in a bad situation, Iran, and we are fostering that terror state because Joe Biden would love nothing better than to restore some level of balance of power in the Middle East by effectuating the power of a state that openly chants death to America and death to Israel. It's pretty impressive stuff. And by the way, becoming the propaganda arm. We'll get to that in just one minute. It's amazing how in just three months, we can have a a president who takes office on the way, uh, seriously, he took office as the luckiest man maybe ever to take American office. Number one, he didn't run a campaign. Number two, he took office in the wake of a very unpopular president. Number three, he took office in the middle of a naturally occurring economic recovery for which he was not responsible. He took office in the middle of a COVID pandemic for which the vaccine had already been developed and a vaccine tranching plan had already been developed. He took office the year after massive racial conflagration in the United States, and he took office with basically peace in the Middle East breaking out everywhere. He has proceeded to exacerbate the racial conflict in the United States, destroy the economic growth curve through his ridiculous spending programs, and set the Middle East on fire by incentivizing all the worst forces in the Middle East and attempting to reverse the effect of peace deals that were breaking out all over the Middle East. We're only four months in, gang. Wait for a few years. Okay, in just a second, we'll get to Joe Biden and his plans for the Middle East first. Let us talk about the fact that our eyes were not meant to look at screens all day. It messes with your internal balance that can affect your sleep, cause stress, headaches, blurry vision, eye fatigue. Felix gray glasses, they filter 15 times more blue light from screens than other clear blue light lenses. The original optical lenses relieve most eye strain symptoms from daily screen time. The more advanced sleep glasses 
believe serious daily eye strain and were especially designed for late night screen time to improve sleep. Felix Grey frames, they're hand finished from Italian acetate, making them durable, lightweight, and super comfortable. Blue light lenses come standard starting at 95 bucks or add your prescription and check out starting at 145 bucks. If you don't love those glasses, in the first 30 days, their in-house customer care team will take care of exchanges and returns. No hassle, no questions asked. My Felix Grey glasses, they help me sleep better at night because the fact is I'm constantly on screens all the time. Well, if I don't want that blue light keeping me awake, I pop on the Felix Grey glasses before bed and it really helps even if I have to look at screens. Felix Grey glasses are designed for the 21st century. Head on over to felixgrayglasses.com slash Ben to shop glasses that work as hard as you do. That is F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash Ben. Free shipping, free exchanges, 30-day money-back guarantee. felixgrayglasses.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, we'll get to more on this in just one second. First, if you own an Apple device, Got good news for you. All of the Daily Wire's latest news, commentary analysis, now available for your reading pleasure on Apple News. They cover everything you're not getting anywhere else. So if you want to make your news feed infinitely better, just head on over to Apple News on your device. Search for the Daily Wire. Hit the follow button right now. Also, go subscribe over at dailywire.com slash subscribe and help us out because there are forces out there in the world that don't want you to get truth. They don't want you to get information that bucks the narrative. We need your help. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join us Today, you're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So the fact is the Biden administration has this bizarre notion that they are going to establish some sort of balance of power, a real politics situation in the Middle East. This started under Barack Obama, who was fully invested in the notion that Iran was going to provide a counterbalance to the Sunni Arab states and that this would somehow make the region better, which is insane since the Ayatollahs run Iran. This is one of the reasons why Obama went super soft. When the, when the Iranian revolution was happening in 2009, he sort of looked the other way as Iranians got shot down in the street. There's a great piece over at Tablet right now uh, about the realignment in the Middle East that Biden is attempting to effectuate. And basically what they're attempting to do is allow Tehran to gain an economic prominence. They would, they would like to allow Iran to get a nuclear bomb by 2031. They want to end the sanctions. They want to implement a policy of accommodation of Iran and its tentacles in Iraq, Syria, Yemen, and Lebanon. And they want to force that policy on America's closest allies so they can establish this so-called balance of power. That is the goal here, right? This, of course, is going to be a giant fail because every time you make concessions to Iran, Iran immediately gets more militant, right? This is what they do. So right now, just this, the last few weeks, there have been these ongoing bullcrap negotiations in Europe between Biden and the Iranian leaders. And they're not in the same room together. They're, they're staying in two separate hotel rooms. And then they have couriers who are running back and forth with letters. And it turns out that Iran doesn't want to dismantle any of its new nuclear activities since the advent of the Trump administration and the end of the original Iran deal. The Biden administration is looking at them and going, well, we need something. We need some sort of fig leaf so that we can remove the economic sanctions at this point. But it is clear that the White House wants to make accommodations for the Iranian government, despite the fact that we don't need to make accommodations for the Iranian government. We've already made a bunch of accommodations for the Iranian government. For example, the Biden administration on entering office immediately oriented itself anti-Saudi. Right? The, the Trump administration was quite pro-Saudi because Saudi was pushing very hard for peace deals in the Middle East to, to create a sort of anti-Iranian alliance, ironically caused by, by Barack Obama's support for Iran. The Biden administration came in, attempted to reverse all that. Their first move was to declare that the Houthis in Yemen were not actually a terrorist entity, which of course is insane. The Houthis are in fact a terrorist entity. Then, they decided that they were going to release that report on Jamal Khashoggi and the murder of Jamal Khashoggi at the hands of the Saudi monarchy. That was like a two-year-old story. They decided to release the report to generate some cover for the fact that they were now siding pretty openly with Iran. 
Iran's, meanwhile, they were trying to press forward this negotiation with Iran in order to pay Iran, in order to try and strengthen Iran. And their hope was that Iran would then somehow moderate, become wonderful, be a counterbalance to the Saudi regime. The Iranians in these negotiations have been demanding, according to the New York Times, that they be allowed to keep the advanced nuclear fuel production equipment they installed after Trump abandoned the pact and integration with the world financial system beyond what they achieved under the 2015 agreement. The Biden administration says restoring the old deal is just a stepping stone. Right. Okay. So this is the great lie. What they're going to say is we are, are this is the first deal we sign, which is just a bunch of concessions to Iran. That's just a stepping stone. But here's the thing. It isn't just a stepping stone because usually a stepping stone is followed by another stone. If it's just a stone in the middle of the water, you're just standing there in the middle of a river. And that's what the Biden administration is doing right now with regard to Iran. Iran, for its part, is trying to pressure the Biden administration and intimidate the Biden administration by getting violent. This is their goal. So yesterday, for example, the U.S. Coast Guard cutter Maui had to fire 30 warning shots from a 50 caliber machine gun. This is yesterday. After a group of 13 Iranian Revolutionary Guard Navy fast boats conducted unsafe and unprofessional maneuvers while operating close to a U.S. naval formation in the Strait of Hormuz. So basically, you had 13 IRGC Navy boats, these tiny little boats, for harassing a U.S. Coast Guard boat. You'll remember that during the Obama administration, they actually captured some American soldiers, and there were those humiliating photos of American soldiers on their knees as the Iranian Revolutionary Guards stood around them. And then Iran let it go, but not before building a giant statue of this directly in the middle of Tehran, which they actually did. So here's the best part. The Biden administration is so invested in the lie that Iran is moderate. They're so invested in the lie that they can somehow bring Iran to the table, which, of course, foments terrorism across the Middle East, that a Pentagon spokesperson yesterday was asked about this incident in which Iranian ships were harassing American ships and American ships actually had to fire over their heads as a warning shot by saying this is the Pentagon spokesperson. He said, well, you know, maybe Iran doesn't control the Navy. This is what we've been relegated to. The American administration is now playing open propaganda for the Iranian regime. Okay, this is all wrongheaded. It is insane. It's going to cause people to die in the Middle East. It is that simple. Here is the Pentagon spokesperson playing actual propagandas for the Iranian regime. I don't think at this point that we have a great sense of the command and control element here uh, for the IRGC Navy. I think you know the IRGC Navy reports directly to the Supreme Leader. Uh, but what level of command and control and visibility there was from Tehran, um, I don't think we know that right now. Okay, they're just making excuses. Can you imagine anything like this? Like on the American side? Really? Like any other country where their Navy is harassing our ships and we're like, well, you know, maybe the government's just not in control of their Navy. It's their Navy. Pretty sure they know what they're doing. But here's the thing. When you have fostered a lie that you now have to live with, you have to make excuses for the lie. And this is the pattern in the, in the Obama Part 3 administration, the Biden administration. The pattern is, you have a lie. The lie is that Iran is a moderating power that can be moderated if we just make nice with them. Then that lie is proved by the fact that they get extremely militant in the in, in the Straits of Hormuz, harassing American ships. And so now you have to promulgate the lies. So it's, oh, well, I guess the Iranians don't know what they're doing. Same thing in the Middle East. Same thing with regard to the Palestinians. You have to promulgate the lie that there's a moral equivalence between Hamas and Palestinian Authority and Islamic Jihad and the Israelis. And then it turns out they're firing rockets at Israeli cities for no reason. And so now you have to say, well, you know, it must be just because of escalation of de-escalation, guys. We just need de-escalation. This is true throughout leftist thought. As soon as your ideology is debunked by real world events, you have to start making excuses for why that's not true. And inevitably, that means you are defending some of the worst people on earth. This happens over and over and over again, because if you are so invested in your idea of what's true, that the actual truth doesn't matter, that means you have to lie by necessity. 
And this is what the Biden administration is doing on foreign policy right now. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on Balance of Nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. Wow. In another show of unbelievable weakness, we are now experiencing Jimmy Carter-esque gas lines. The reason for this is not because of actual gasoline shortages at this point. It's because of this ransomware attack on a major U.S. pipeline. It is the work of a criminal gang called Darkside, according to the FBI. The cyber extortion attempt, according to CBS News, that's forced the shutdown of a vital U.S. pipeline was carried out by a criminal gang known as Darkside that cultivates a Robin Hood image of stealing from corporations and giving a cut to charity, the FBI said on Monday. The shutdown stretched into its third full day with the Biden administration loosening regulations of the transport of petroleum products on highways as part of an all-hands-on-deck effort to avoid disruptions in the fuel supply. Georgia-based Colonial Pipeline said Monday it hopes to have service mostly restored by the end of the week. The pipeline carries gasoline and other fuel from Texas to the Northeast. It delivers roughly 45% of fuel consumed on the East Coast, according to the company. It was hit by what Colonial called a ransomware attack in which hackers typically lock up computer systems by encrypting data and paralyzing networks, then demand a large ransom to unscramble it. So hilariously, the White House was asked about all of this. And the White House's response to, you know, what looks like an actual foreign attack on American domestic infrastructure, it looks as though their response was, well, it's a private problem, which is unbelievable. You want to talk about a weak, it seems like kind of an American foreign policy problem when you shut down 45% of the gas supply to the Southeast. But here is the White House press secretary yesterday trying to explain this away as it's a private decision whether Colonial decides to pay off the Russian hackers or not. So first, we recognize that victims of cyber attacks often face a very difficult situation and they have to just balance often the cost benefit when they have no choice with regard to paying a ransom. Colonial is a private company and will defer um, information regarding their decision on paying a ransom to them. What do you mean they're a private company? And, and the, like, What? Excuse me? So normally, if somebody kidnaps your child and ransoms them, that, that's a matter that involves the police, would it not? Now, you'd want law enforcement involved at this point. But here they're like, well, you know, I guess Colonial, if they decide to pay a ransom, that's, that's on Colonial. Meanwhile, Colonial said it is developing a, re- a system restart plan. They said that their main pipeline remains offline. Some smaller lines are now operational. This administration is just a bleep show. They're just a bleep show. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo said Sunday ransomware attacks are what businesses now have to worry about. And she says she will work vigorously with the Department of Homeland Security to address the problem, calling it a top priority for the administration. She says, we have to work in partnership with business to secure networks to defend ourselves against these attacks. She says, it's an all hands on deck effort right now. We're working closely with the company, state and local officials. Okay, you know, what would be great is if somebody would tell the White House that it's not merely a private question as to whether Colonial pays ransom here. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, gas stations are suffering shortages all over the southeastern United States. The closure of that 5,500-mile colonial pipeline, which carries more than 100 million gallons of fuel from Texas to New Jersey each day, has stretched now into its fifth day. So it's great. We're bringing back the 70s, guys. All the good stuff. We got inflation. We've got conflict in the Middle East. We've got an emboldened Iran. We have gas lines. Like, this is really great, especially coming off of a pandemic. Again, Joe Biden was handed the most salutary conditions for any president I have ever seen entering office. And his immediate move is to blow it all. It's unbelievable how incompetent he is. Or maybe it's competence just directed in the wrong direction. Meanwhile, the good news is the Democrats want to just imitate Joe Biden's actions all across the way. I mean, it's amazing. So Joe Biden has somehow produced, he inherited, just, just to get this straight, Joe Biden inherited a vaccine that works, a vaccine distribution plan, an economy set to boom, and peace in the Middle East. And in his first three months, he has produced deep vaccine hesitancy, a dramatically underperforming economy, inflation, gas shortages, and a Middle Eastern war. Really well done here, Joe Biden. So naturally, Democrats are like, what if we did that? So Governor Gavin Newsom in California announced on Monday, his state is projected to have a $38 billion discretionary surplus in 2021. Now, again, that's largely because the federal government has decided to send checks to all of these states. He said he wants to use it to expand the state's stimulus program. He's going to send checks to two-thirds of California residents. California already has the highest estimated debt of any state, according to Breitbart, with nearly $363 billion in liabilities in 2019. But Gavin Newsom has a plan. His plan is he's going to send you a check. He's just going to send you a check. And how is that? This is certainly going to help with unemployment in the Golden State, paying people to stay home. It, certainly, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's being recalled in the state of California. So here's the thing. The economic plans by the Democrats here, they don't work, but they do work in one sense. People like free money. And so long as you're telling people they get free money, it doesn't matter because inflation is the, the indirect result of a lot of these policies. So long as it's indirect, you can claim that it's something else that's causing the economic supply line problems. So that's what Gavin Newsom is doing. Democrats across the country are pursuing these giant tax and spend policies, these horrible policies on crime, these terrible fiscal policies. And then the people who reap the, who reap the whirlwind are all of the citizens of these states who then are lied to by the media who insist that you keep electing Democrats in order to do more of this stuff. Recognize that the Joe Biden, Gavin, Gavin Newsom, I think, will survive the recall. Joe Biden, according to some estimates, has a 60% approval rating. 60%. Now, I don't believe that for a second. But Joe Biden having a 60% approval rating, despite a dramatically underperforming economy, war in the Middle East, inflation on the horizon, a dramatically polarized racial problem in the United States, it just demonstrates that the kind of heavy lifting the media will do on behalf of Democrats are either unbelievably incompetent or malevolent or both. The Biden administration has been a junk heap thus far, just terrible. But we're all supposed to pretend that he's doing a wonderful, wonderful job because after all, he's a kindly old fellow. Well, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show coming up soon. The Matt Wall Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. 
Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Tim Tebow gets another crack at the NFL. Hackers shut down a major U.S. pipeline. The GOP says we need to get mothers back to work. And a morbidly obese model now says she has anorexia. They just don't make anorexics like they used to. All that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 